Hello, and welcome to the Her True Strength Podcast. In today's episode, you're getting the inside scoop on what it looks like to create inevitable gains and personal growth in the year ahead. So grab a paper and pen, switch me off that 1.5 speed, and let's get ready to lean in and learn. Her True Strength Podcast is your faith-based approach to discovering how to build your strongest body yet. You'll learn how to strengthen your mind, body, and spirit all through the lens of the gospel. I'm your host, Laura Lindahl, follower of Jesus, lifter of weights, and adventure enthusiast. And I empower faith-based women to build strong bodies from the inside out so they can confidently impact the world with strength and grace. Welcome to the Her True Strength Podcast. Well, hello, hello there. It is now 2022 and it is tough to believe, but yes, here we are again at the start of a fresh new year and it's been a while. I have missed you guys. I've missed recording in my closet, but I decided to give myself a break in December to take some time to work on some program design for the future year ahead and just take time to reflect on the year. And I got to say it was incredible. And I'm so excited to be back here with you guys with a fresh new podcast. And if you're anything like me, you're likely feeling more than ready than ever to approach January with a fresh start. Maybe you've started a new nutrition program, training program, or have a new sense of commitment to your health. And either way, that is fantastic. You're likely feeling pumped, your energy and motivation is high, and I really want you to do it right this year, just like you want to do it right this year. So Well, if I just described you, then you are in the right place because in today's episode, you're getting suited up with all of the tools that you're going to need to feel this way all year long and to take those things that you have as a dream and to make them a reality. But before we dive into that, I've got a special gift for those of you who are ready to crush some goals this year and know that you're moving in the right direction. See, a lot of us, myself included, go into the new year with a word a feeling or a blur or some type of mantra and a strong image of what we want to accomplish that year. But by the time February and January kind of start to be behind us and March rolls around, that goal kind of seems further and further away and this feeling of aimlessness can set in. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can have clarity and pursue your goals all year long and stay motivated to know that you're on the track that you want to accomplish for those goals each month. How amazing would it be to have a sense of accomplishment at the end of each month or at the end of each week and know exactly what you need to do for the month ahead to take one step closer to your goals? Pretty darn good, right? Well, you can, with a little help from a special gift I'm offering my listeners, I've put together a 2022 goal setting guide that will walk you through the exact process that I use with my VIP clients to take them from point A to point B without all of the pit stops and distractions or falling off the wagon or on the wagon. 
In fact, my clients who have done the work to follow the guide said it was the one thing that helped them feel recommitted every day to their goals. Each month, they had a clear insight on what they needed that month to make their goals a reality. And I'm making available to my followers for free because I love you guys and I want to see you guys improve and I want to see you reach those goals. So all you have to do to get your free guide is go to my website at truestrengthcollective.com slash goals and download your free copy today. The only thing I ask is that you provide your email so I can personally check in with you to see how you're doing in a few months because we all know how easy it is to download a freebie, see it in our inbox, give it a once over, and then never put it to good use. And I don't want that to be you because I don't need to tell you that a tool is only as good as the hand that it is in, right? So if you're ready to tackle your goals this year and make it happen, head on over truestrengthcollective.com slash goals and get your free download now. Okay, so once you've got your free download, it's where the work really begins, right? The mind starts to race with doubts and we start to think maybe this isn't the right goal for me. Maybe this isn't the year. And we start to realize that what's really been holding us back from hitting our goals isn't our busy schedule. It's not the never ending housework or demanding job. It's actually that little voice inside our head that screams the loudest when we're trying to make a change. You've probably heard that voice inside your head these last couple of weeks as January has started, which is why today's episode is taking a mental twist. Because as you already know, the mind is a very powerful thing, right? In fact, scientists are finding out more and more about the brain than they ever knew today. And here's what we're learning is that the thoughts that we think on a daily basis play a much bigger role in how we feel and act than we initially thought possible. In fact, that they are deeply interconnected. Here's an example. Think of the last time you saw a puppy. What happened? You thought about how adorable that puppy looked with its floppy ears and big goofy paws, and you felt all happy because it looked so freaking adorable. Then you acted super giddy, probably said, oh, a puppy, and you started acting different. So when we take a step back, we see it was a thought that turned into an emotion that turned into an action. And we all do this every single day, right? It is a process that is continuing to happen whether we realize it or not. But where did it all start? It all started in our mind. We thought about how dang cute that puppy was. So we decided to act on it. Maybe it's a kitten. Cats and dog lovers are all welcome here. The same works in the opposite way. When we're upset, doubting ourselves or feeling self-conscious, what do we do? We cover up, we slouch down and become less social, don't we? This, my friend, is the power of our mind and specifically why mindset work is so vitally important to our physical growth because your mind is inter- connected to your body. They cannot be separated. Because when we change our mind, we can change the way we feel and even how we act on a daily basis. And I don't need to tell you that it's out of actions that create change, right? If you don't do the push-ups, if you don't do the actions, they won't happen. So I hope that that's kind of following along. And without addressing this mindset, we stay stuck in our cycles of giving up, getting back on the wagon, giving up, getting back on the wagon, and getting our act together over and over and over and over again, because we haven't changed the thoughts that ultimately led us to create those actions. So 
What are some of the things that get in the way of having the right mindset going into the new year? This is exactly what we're going to be talking about and ways that we can reframe these, that we can reset these in our minds so that they are not an obstacle for us going into the new year, but rather provide an opportunity for us to approach our goals in an entirely new mindset. Well, I was curious to hear from some of you, so I asked a small group of women in Instagram and used their answers in a few years of training to compile a list of the biggest obstacles that people say that they face going into the new year and when they try to work on their goals. So the first obstacle to your inevitable success is a little thing I like to call labeling. Labeling. Have you ever heard of it? Well, we all do it. And if you're wondering what it is, you've probably already said it at least once this week, maybe even once today. And if you've ever said, I'm a perfectionist, I'm a morning person, I am too old for that, I'm too young, too busy, too tired, this list goes on and on. Congratulations, you have presented a label for yourself. And everyone does this, and it's no wonder why people don't see the results or changes that they want because they're constantly reminding themselves of why they can't change. These labels remind us why we can't, and we've assigned a label to ourselves that we believe is permanent, unremovable, some people say. It's just the way I am. But nowhere in scripture, and I have looked, do we ever see Jesus leaving people the way that they once were? Jesus took the labels that people put on themselves, ripped them off, and gave people a brand new one because we are not meant to stay the same our whole lives. In fact, labeling ourselves is one of the quickest ways to ensure that you're going to stay that way for a long time. And if you're thinking to yourself, I've always been this way, I would challenge you to think of ways you may be looking for your ego to be validated. See, our ego, our pride, our flesh, subconscious, whatever you want to call it, is always looking to be validated, right? We're always scanning our circumstances to find validation for why we should continue to think the way that we do. Here's an example. I would used to tell you that I can't live a day without coffee. I got a terrible stomach virus, and what do you know? Coffee sounded awful. Now, I've been living without coffee for the last two months, and I have been just fine. Now, in the moment, I would have told you I cannot live a day without coffee, but the reality is that wasn't true. I put a label on myself that really wasn't completely necessary or honestly true. And in the same way, we do this to ourselves all of the time. We change our life around the labels that we place on ourselves. We say, I'm not a morning person, so I can't work out in the morning. But in doing so, we close off any opportunity for us to get anything done in the morning. Instead of having the opportunity to say, I choose to be a morning person or I choose to get things done in the morning. So more on that in a second. But it's really important that we look at why we do this, right? Because you don't do this. We don't put labels on ourselves for no good reason. We are much higher intelligence than that. So why? Why do we put these labels on ourselves? Well, all the research that I've done has shown me that our brain is an incredible energy machine. In fact, your brain has the power to power 40 watt light bulb, which is just crazy. And it doesn't like to expend energy unless it absolutely has to. It's a survival technique, which is why we all label ourselves and do what we can to stay that way. Because change is an energy sucking 
process. It takes work. It's uncomfortable. And rewiring the way we think is not easy. But I don't need to tell you that what's easy isn't always the best thing for us. Am I right? And oftentimes it's the hard things that we do that make the most amount of impact on our lives to make us better, stronger, and more impactful people. I want you to think of some of the most successful and impactful women that you know. Maybe someone is coming to mind, a mentor, maybe a pastor, a pastor's wife. How much did they have to go through to get to where they are today? For me, in my mind, I think of Tim Keller, and I love all of the books that he has put out. And I think about what he has gone through to this point, even today, battling cancer, to get to a point where he still has so much more impact on people. And his words have that much more potency because he's able to speak from a place of hardship. So all of the people who are battling that hardship, he now has an even more power to speak into their lives and is even more impactful. How beautiful is that, that in that circumstance of hardship, things became actually easier. It was easier for him to impact people through that hardship. I think that's just so cool. Well, the person who comes to mind for you likely has been through some pretty tough times, but how often have you heard them say that they're better off because of it? Here's the real issue that I have with labeling and why it deeply irks me. Because without knowing it, women are giving away their power to impact other people. The end of the day, when we use this idea of Tim Keller and the struggle that he has gone through, the battle he's gone through with cancer, if he didn't go through that, maybe he said, maybe what if, what if he told himself, what if Tim Keller said to himself, what if he decided to put a label on himself? I am going through cancer. So therefore I can't speak to anyone, or I can't put out any more information, how much would he have limited his impact and stole his power to influence people for the gospel? Crazy thing to think about, right? And in the same way, when we put labels on ourselves, what we're doing is actually stealing the power from ourselves to influence people. When we say that I am this certain way, we don't realize what we're closing ourselves off to. Does that make sense? And then we start to look for moments when we feel like closing ourselves off to other people. That's that ego I was telling you about, looking for proof. And at the same time, we also unknowingly turn away from all the times in our life that we have been an outgoing person, or we have been impactful, or we have been a morning person, if we're going to stick with that example. And the results, we choose to do more of the actions that support that label. I'm sure you can think of this. If you have ever told yourself, I'm too busy, I'm too this, we tend to focus more on ourselves and limit our impact. Now, this is just an example, but it can really tie into so many other facets of life. And maybe some things you've said recently are coming to mind. I often hear women say, I'm too busy, which is one of my favorite labels to help women process. Because here's what we're doing when we say that we're too busy. We are giving up our power and letting our circumstances define us. I'm going to say that again. When we say that we're too busy, we are giving up our power and letting our circumstances define us. Here's what I mean by that. When we say that life is too demanding, my schedule is too jammed, what we're saying is that my schedule is ruling my life. And in that same sentence, I hope you feel that It's the schedule that is ruling you. 
that you do not have the power over your schedule when we make that statement. And we don't like to admit it, but when we choose to be busy, we choose to be perfectionist, we choose to be unmotivated, whatever label you're going to give yourself, we are taking away our choice. Now, you might be saying, but Laura, don't people have different personality types? Don't you know about the Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, the DISC? Which is true. We all have different strengths and weaknesses to our personality. We all have tendencies, leanings, inclinations. But every single human since the Garden of Eden has a choice. Eve could have said, I'm a gullible person, but that wouldn't have stopped the fall of man. She had a choice. We all do. And labeling ourselves takes that choice away from us. Get your power back, my friend. Stop using labels as here's what you can do instead. Be honest. Let other people know that you're choosing to be busy that day, that you've loaded up your plate as full as you'd like it to be. Choose to focus more on the needs of other people more than your own securities and choose to try new things, even if they're uncomfortable, because we all know that that's what's uncomfortable in our brains. What's uncomfortable in our brains is our brain's way of preventing you from changing. And that's what we're all about here, right? Is changing, is growing. That's what every single goal is designed to do, to take you from point A to point B. And that is change. Okay, moving along to the second obstacle of your inevitable success in 2022 is a lovely little word called judgment. Ah, yes, judgment. Just the sound of the word sounds heavy, doesn't it? Judgment comes in all shapes and sizes and shapeshifts in our minds between judgment of others and the ever-present judgment of self. You've likely experienced both of these. In fact, I can't really think of anyone in adulthood who hasn't, especially if you've been through middle school, you likely know them both all too well. Now, for the context of today's conversation, we're going to call this inner judgment and outer judgment. And judgment itself is the ability to make a conclusion about a situation. And I'm going to share a story that I have with you guys about my childhood and my raising. And I'm going to explain this from two different perspectives of the inner judgment that I felt as well as the outer judgment that I felt. Now, growing up in high school, I was that kid that would get a hall pass and you use that thing for all it is worth. I hope that there's someone else out there like this, but I'd get a hall pass and I'd use the bathroom and I'd check my face in the mirror and then I'd go for a little walk around campus. I'd find some friends, I'd talk. And then about 15 to 20 minutes later, I'd meander my way back to class for the last 10 minutes, enjoy the rest of the lecture. Now, at the time, I was a pretty darn good student and I was able to do this with pretty much no impact on my grades. And until one day, I was meandering the hallways and I saw my friends out in the soccer field and they were having a grand old time kicking the soccer ball around. And so I thought, heck, why not? I'll go join them. I've got a hall pass. So I go on out and sure enough, guess what happens? I was enjoying a grand old time with my friends in the sunshine, kicking the soccer ball around and my principal, Mr. Hale, walks out. And he sees me and he says, Laura, what are you doing out here? Aren't you supposed to be in Mrs. Horner's class? And I said, oh, yes, I am. And in that moment, I felt so much inner and outer judgment. So in that moment of, oh, yes, I am, this 
inner feeling deep down of you've done something wrong fell upon me. And in the same way, the, I could very much easily tell that the face on Mr. Hale said that I had also done something wrong and I experienced the outer judgment on me. So I hope that story and how the story ends, I did serve a detention and I did not wander the hallways after that. So there is the lesson learned. But I hope from this that you can kind of begin to understand and maybe had some flashbacks in your own life of ways that you've done something or maybe you felt perception of other people or perception of yourself making a judgment call about what you did. Now, I really think it's important to note in my example, this was something that I actually did wrong. I should not have been where I was when I was. And in most of the examples that I'll be sharing today about inner and outer judgment, typically you are not doing anything wrong, but this is the story that I'm sharing. So there it is. So let's break this down. And we're going to start with outer judgment because I think outer judgment is one of the easiest for us to grasp, to name, and to notice because we all feel it very, very well. Perhaps it can come from a look. It can come from a word. Maybe it's something that we think someone is thinking about us that would also count as outer judgment. And despite what you might think, strive for and give your due diligence to avoid, outer judgment is in fact unavoidable. It's actually part of our God-given survival instincts. So everyone has it and everyone does it. We use it to judge our surroundings, to filter it through our perceptions based on our history and make judgment calls about how we should respond. You have zero control over this because you have zero control over a primary ingredient that makes up a people's outer judgment. And that's their history. You have no control over what someone grew up thinking, was exposed to, or had spoken into their life. Maybe someone judges how you eat because they had a relative who was really picky about how you eat at the dinner table, so they judge you. Maybe someone's parents were anorexic and all they know is like less than 10% body fat and everyone around them seems obese in their reality. These are just a few examples. But here's the reality about those outer judgments. We have to stop avoiding them. We have to stop choosing our actions to avoid other people's judgment of us because that avoidance is an illusion. It's impossible. We cannot change someone's history. We cannot change someone's past. We cannot change someone's reality. And it's hard enough for us to control our own tongue and thoughts, let alone spending our precious time and energy trying to control that of someone else. It's impossible. Like trying to get blood from a stone. It just won't happen. And we look at what God has to say about this because he has a lot we can find. And he tells us that we shouldn't be giving a hoot about pleasing in someone else's eyes, being pleasant in someone else's eyes. In fact, Galatians 1.10 reminds us that if we are trying to please men or women, then we're not trying to please God. Our focus is on the wrong thing, and it's no wonder why it's hurting us. We're trying to function outside of our design, and it causes so much anxiety. But the reality is, when we go back to our design, when we stop idolizing the opinions of others and begin to live in worship of God and to love others with service, not competition or performance, Our anxiety goes down. We sleep better. We have less anxious and nervous thoughts about what other people are thinking, which is why the best anecdote 
if you're someone who struggles with the noise that comes from the fear of being judged by others, is to remind yourself that the judgment on you and your body is already out. The reality is that you're not enough, contrary to popular opinion and pop culture. But here's the great news. Jesus was enough for you. And no matter what you look like, dress like, talk like, or how you even eat at the table, you are forgiven and completely loved. And that is the best repellent of outer judgment that anyone can find. If you need to repeat that and go back, I highly would recommend it because knowing this changes everything for us. Understanding the forgiveness of Christ, its completeness over our life, and the affection that he has for you, regardless of what you look like, talk like, or dress like, is so fulfilling when we can grasp that. It's the best repellent to hold off any outer judgment from other people around us. So. Now to that inner judgment. Let's talk about that because I know a lot of women who may not give a rip about what other people think about them, but they have a lot to say about how they think they should be, where they should be in life, how much progress they should have made, and the list of shoulds goes on and on and on. The person who struggles with inner judgment might not have a lot to care about what other people think of them. They care a lot about what they think of themselves. And listen, if you're someone who struggles with self-judgment, I hear you. I see you and I feel you. This is a battle I have taken to the Lord for years. And it's only by his grace that I've made enough progress in this journey to be able to share with you that you don't have to be so hard on yourself. You've got enough critiques going on in your head to drown a fish, and it's likely been drowning your thoughts for years. And if this is you, I'm here to tell you today that if the grave is empty, and it is, then anything is possible. That voice inside your head that's telling you that you're too slow, you're too lazy, you're too big, you're too small, is the voice of the enemy, and he's using it to steal your worship. Because he wants you to see yourself as not enough, as a mistake. And I'm here to tell you that you're not a mistake. Nothing about you or your life is a mistake. You are formed in the image of a God who cannot make mistakes. It is outside of his nature, outside of his promises for us. And because of that, no part of your body, your story, or your broken relationships is ever a mistake. Now, here's the reality that we wrestle with. We're living in a world where we're told that we are enough just because of who we are. And if you're a believer, that should make you feel a little uncomfortable because you likely know that you're not perfect, that you've lied to others and to yourself, right? We lie to ourselves all the time. It's in fact, it's so much easier to lie to ourselves than it is to lie to other people, right? We lie to ourselves that we're going to get up on time. We lie to ourselves that we're going to work up and we don't work out. We've lied about all sorts of things. We've complained. And we know that our tendency left to our own devices will lead us down a path, if left unchecked, is not pleasant. But God, in his mercy, sent Jesus to save us. And that saving didn't need to be done twice. Once was enough for you and for me to provide forgiveness, grace, and mercy that never ends on our behalf. And it's from that forgiveness, that grace, and that mercy that we draw from every single day to look at our flaws, look at our brokenness, look at the way that we don't 
match up to our own expectations and know that brokenness innate. It is innate. It is inside us all the time. We cannot get rid of it. But God's grace is inevitable. God's grace is unstoppable if we choose to see it and to accept it in our life. So I didn't expect this podcast to turn into a full pulpit here, but here we are, the gospel speaking out loud and clear. So here we go. If you're a woman, if you're the woman who's wrestling with inner judgment, here's my help for you. And the biggest takeaway I want you to bring into 2022. See, you're running in a race that's already been won. God's at the end of the race waiting for you while your feet are moving forward. There's no one in the crowd because everyone is running. Everyone is struggling. Everyone is pounding the pavement together. And we can see Jesus on the victor stand. He's holding a first place trophy and he's saying, I did this for you. And he's handing it to you. There's no competition, including yourself, because the prize has already been given away and it's been given for free the entire world. So friend, if you struggle with inner judgment, if you struggle with the acceptance of outer judgment and trying to realize that that is an illusion, please give yourself some grace. I would encourage you to throw away your timeline, to stop telling yourself that you're going too slow, stop telling yourself you're going too fast, that you're too big, too small, too skinny. Throw away that expectation and keep moving forward one foot in front of the other. In fact, guilt has no hold on you except that which you allow for. Above all, please remember this. God's grace is made perfect in our weaknesses. So when judgment sneaks into your head, and it will, I can tell you this is something that I have been battling with. I have had more victories than than struggles in this, thankfully, in the current present day. But when judgment sneaks in your head, and it will, I can tell you this is not a one-size-fix-all solution. It's something we have to learn. We have to rewire. We have to take those thoughts captive. I want you to remind the enemy that there is no condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation. You are holding the prize. Grace has won and you're enough simply because of what Jesus says about you. Now, then we can take that worry. We can take that anxiety and the pressure and turn it into worship. But the flip side of that, how great is it that God can do that for us in our own mental battles where we make things more difficult than we need to? How incredible is it to remind ourselves of how great our God is, how much he loves us, and how fearfully and wonderfully he has made us. See, worship is the one thing that Satan hates, and he has hated since the beginning because it's what turns us from fearful and small into powerful impactors for eternity, and that's what we're all about here, right? Building those strong and capable bodies so you can impact the world. So, Now we tie this all up in a big old bow and I want to give you some homework because as you know, if we don't put action to these things, they don't stick. So maybe you've been caught in the labeling trap and you've labeled yourself to bits and it stopped you from making progress and kept you stuck in cycles of getting off the wagon and on the wagon. Or maybe you're the girl who judgment has been keeping you small and stopping you from showing up fully for your workouts, in relationships, or in your health choices. May I please remind you that you always have a choice. You always have a choice. And when we choose to see our opportunities rather than our obstacles and the opportunities in the coming year for you, I guarantee are limitless, you never know who you may impact, 
how you will grow and how much strength you're going to gain in the next year until you step out and take action from a goal focused approach. As I mentioned at the start of this podcast, I'm giving away a free goal setting guide for 2022, and you're welcome to take your free copy. This guide will walk you through how to set goals that matter most to you, and then take you through a step-by-step process of creating a timeline to keep you on track and create the practical steps to help you get where you want to be. Whether that's getting your first push-up, going on a mission trip, or leading your best friend to the Lord, your goal is your goal. Take this anywhere you want. And to the person who is thinking, Laura, it's in the middle of January. It's too late for this. It is never too late. Watch that label. Watch that label. So guys, I want to thank you so much for listening today. Remember that that freebie can be found at truestrengthcollective.com slash goals. And as always, if you found this podcast helpful, please don't keep it to yourself. Share it with a friend, a relative, or a workout buddy. It's really the biggest compliment to me that you can pay. And if you really want to make my day, leave a review, drop some stars, will ya? Well, until next time, guys, stay strong, friends. All the love, Coach Laura.